when we're in the back praying uh, for this evening, I was asking uh, Steve to play about 15, 20 songs. <laughs> we get through the night here. Um, as I was uh, reading Psalms 50 the last couple of nights and um, looking through some of the commentaries to see what they had to say about the Psalm 50, <clears throat> there was a, a quote from uh, J. Vernon McGee, and it reads, uh, The Psalms are full of Christ. There is a more complete picture of him in the Psalms than in the Gospels. He goes on to say, uh, The Gospels tell us that he went to the mountain. It's even hard to re uh, read my own writing, so bear with me. Uh, that he went to the mountain to pray, but the Psalms give us his prayer. The Gospels tell us that he was crucified, but the Psalms tell us what went on in his own heart during the crucifixion. The Gospels tell us he went back to heaven, but the Psalms begin where the Gospels leave off and show us Christ seated in heaven. Amen. Even uh, Jesus Christ tells us uh, that the uh, that basically the Psalms and everything in in the Bible is about Him. If you uh, would like to turn with me to Luke twenty four forty four, we can read that there. We'll be going through the Bible quite a bit here. Uh, we read there. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. So there you even see Jesus Christ uh, proclaiming the, uh, the scriptures to be true and that they speak of him. And as Pastor Manny was sharing, uh, I apologize. I'll be looking down at my notes a lot. A uh, couple of days, I, it's hard for me to even memorize the things that I write down. In fact, I just finished like at 2 o'clock today. <laughs> so I don't even remember what I wrote. But uh, I'll be going through the notes and, uh, you know, forgive me for looking down. And as Pastor Manny was sharing with us on Thursday night how hundreds of prophecies were fulfilled through the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, and, and just going through this psalm, you know, it, it's, it's been a blessing. But you, uh, one of the commentators there that uh, stated that uh, this is basically the judge, which is Jesus Christ, which is God, and the judged, which are, which are the people from the people back with Israel uh, to the end of time, and the judgment. And that's what Psalms 50 is basically about. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing us this evening, Father, to uh, get into your word, Father. And as we go through Psalms 50, Father, may I uh, share the things that you have shared with me these uh, last couple of days, Lord. And uh, just help me to uh, 
stay focused, Father, on, on your uh, message, Father, tonight, Father, as uh, we go through your study, Lord. And we ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, let's go ahead and uh, read Psalms 50 uh, as we get into it. It reads, The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goat, nor goats out of your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills, I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine, and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to declare my statutes, or take my covenant in your mouth? seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you. When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you. But I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoever offers praises, praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Amen. Um, Matthew Henry states, it is not only a probable that Asaph uh, is a writer of this psalms. He's, he's uh, one of the chief musicians that David had appointed. And uh, he goes on to say he was, he was to put a tune in the psalm, but that he himself was the penman of it. And uh, he quotes from Second Chronicle 29.30, if you'd like to turn there with me. 
It's about four books to the left of the Psalms. And we read there on verse 30, Moreover, King Hezekiah and the leaders commanded the Levites to sing praise to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. So they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. It is also said um, that uh, I believe Psalm 73 to 83 were also uh, attributed to um, Asaph. All right, so in verse 1 we read, The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. And here we see uh, the Mighty One, uh, and they say this is El and uh, God, God um, the Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken, and this is Elohim, which is a plural for uh, the triunity. And so we hear, we see here uh, that God has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun and it's going down with a couple of the commentaries that I had uh, read. Uh, basically, it was saying that it was uh, judgment. And uh, since the beginning of time, there have been many uh, that have claimed to be God, but all they were were false gods. We read over in Matthew 24, verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many. But in the end, they will also be judged by the one true God. Many may claim to be God and to have all the answers, but here we see what will take place. Here we see that only a mighty God has the power to call the people to himself from that first man to the last one. Only God Almighty is able to reach back into time and only he can bring before him the dead and the living. And this is what our one true God is able and will do. Uh, we read over in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Another verse I would like to look at is uh, Daniel chapter 7. Uh, that's verses 9 and 10. And this, this gives us a glimpse of the judgment. Uh, verse 9, it reads, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. Verse 10, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. 
10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. So here we see our mighty God whom is calling everyone before him. Uh, we read here in verse 2, Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Uh, Matthew Henry states, Zion is here called the perfection of beauty because it was the holy hill, and holiness is indeed the perfection of beauty. Here we are reminded that we serve a holy and righteous God, and from Zion come forth his laws and his principles in which he governs and will judge all people. It's not like our judicial system, uh, which, we well, which we well know is not without error. Turn with me uh, over to Matthew 28, 18. reads here and Jesus came and spoke to them saying all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth so we know that uh, Jesus Christ will be uh, judging and he will be seated there and as I was reading Psalms 50 and the outline that was given by Harold uh, Wilmington the judge the judge and the judgment I was thinking about the one that would be judge over everything. For this judgment to be complete, he would have to know everything about everything. He would have to see everything, our thoughts, know our thoughts, uh, know everything that we have done to be perfect in his judgment. And he would have to even have the uh, be all powerful to carry it out, to see it through to its completion. And this even shows the deity of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, verse 3, Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. We must remember, for now, God is silent in the final judgment because he is not willing that anyone should perish. He will suffer much, he will grieve much, and he will chasten us. But he is not silent because he is okay with sin or because he forgot what you did last week, last year. Here we, here we are reminded that he will not always be silent. Even after the rapture of his saints, and the tribulation comes, many will still choose to curse God. And just as God came down upon Mount Sinai over in Exodus 19, verse 16, it reads, In a thick cloud with thunderings and lightning, with fire and smoke, and the whole mountain quaked, we read, a fire shall devour before him. Verses uh, 4 and 5, we read, he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Verse 5, gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. 
here we see a, con a continuum of what will take place when all will be present when the judging takes place. Now, the people that will be judged will be there, the saints and the heavenly hosts. Verse 6 we read, Let the heavens declare His righteousness, for God Himself is judge. Here people will realize whom is the true God. Remember, God is not on trial here. He is judge and jury. Even on earth, you won't be brought into a courtroom to ask a judge to prove himself. But he is there to pass judgment on us. Just as the angels declared the glory of Jesus to the shepherds in heaven, they will declare his righteousness. Verse 7, Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. So here God begins to speak, and he tells the people to pay attention to what he has to say. For those who were hard-hearted, stiff-necked people, from the time when this was written until the time of judgment, many will still choose to do it their way. Verses 8 and 9. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. Verse 9. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. Um, turn with me over to Hosea chapter 6. And we uh, read there in verse 6, Hosea 6, 6. For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. We see here that God wanted them and wants us today to see the evil that sin is and how it separates us from him. He tells them, I am not coming against you because you neglected in this area of sacrifices or burnt offerings, but because you suppose that animal sacrifice is all that God desired. And as long as we continue to bring sacrifices, God will be happy. Apparently that's what they were telling themselves. Um, they possibly thought, uh, these, on, these animals are worth much money, and it takes time and effort to get dressed up to harness the animal and to take it to the priest to be sacrificed. You know, and then they say, Lord, you owe me big time for this. And we make our relationship with God external. And God says, all I ever wanted was your heart. I want to share a dream about uh, with you about uh, all I ever wanted was your heart here. Um, it's years ago, probably 10 years ago. And uh, in my dream, it was night and it was storming, it was raining, and, and I was in bed with my wife. And I got up to go to the restroom, 
and uh, then I hear a, a, a thunderous uh, crash and a scream, and a tree had fallen on the on the on our bedroom there in, in, at night, and it's raining outside and it's windy, and there's this big old chasm, a hole, and and Diana's hanging, you know, in that hole. And and I'm reaching for her, and and I'm you know, and I'm telling her, reach for my hand, reach for my hand. And uh, and uh, as she's falling, you know, and I, and I say to her, all I ever wanted was your heart, you know. As she's gone, and that's what God tells each one of us, you know. But you know, we're so hard hard hearted, and we want to do things our way, and we want to meet God on our terms and our ways, and. You know, we never repent of our sins, and we never have that relationship with God. So this, you know, this reminded me of that time. Many of these people genuinely believe that they were doing okay with God, and God says, I desire a personal relationship with you. Get to know me. He goes on to say in verse 10 and 11, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. God does not need to barter for food. He created every living creature. He gives them breath. He grows the grass by the rain that he provides so that they may be filled. This is not what God desires. He desires our heart. He wants us to know Him. Verses 12 and 13. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness. 13. Will I eat? the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats. Over in uh, Psalms 51, verses uh, 7, excuse me, verses 15 through 17, we read, O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. God is not an earthly king who finds pleasure in the spoils of the world as we do. No. God wants to prepare us for eternity. He wants obedience, complete obedience. God hates religion. It keeps many from going to heaven. We think because we did something good and honorable, we've earned a free for all, including sin. If you would turn with me to First uh, Samuel, uh, chapter fifteen. Uh, we can begin there in uh, 
verse 16. This is 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel, I like Samuel. When I get to heaven, I want to meet that guy and shake his hand and he's cool. Uh, Verse 16, there we read, Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. (laughs) So Saul's got a little attitude there. He said, So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, this is when he was humble, were you not head of the tribes of Israel, and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners and the Amalekites and fight against them until until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And I brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So we see here how Saul chose foolishly. Instead of obeying God, he did what he thought was right in his own eyes. Even as Christians, we can fall into this cycle. We treat our new birth as a job. We say, I've taught in the children's ministry for five years. I've ushered for six years or served for 25 years. It's time to retire, to lay low. Or in serving, we may say, I'm giving a few hours of my time for free. Take it or leave it. But we need to count the costs. We are redeemed for eternity. It cost our Lord the cross and everything that came with it. Now we can serve with great joy even through the suffering. Verse 14, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Here we see an attitude of gratitude. Like Manny has said many times, our desire should be not to sin. But when we do sin, and we will, confess it to God with a sincere heart. We have a loving and merciful God whom is ready to forgive a genuine heart. Be always on your knees in fervent prayer.
verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Has anyone ever called on God when they were in trouble and were delivered? Amen. Um, there was a couple of counts that I did also. Um, I remember in, in uh, basic training, we had combat training. And when I was younger, when I lived out in East L.A., there was this one guy, we used to call him Loco Mando. But uh, he would he was taking Kung Fu and all that. So he was using me as a dummy bag, you know, flipping me and stuff like that and learning a little from him. But uh, so there in, in basic training, we were flipping each other over. And, and the, the one guy, I was I was terrible. The guy that was flipping me over, I just leaned on him. I was only 160 pounds. I wasn't as heavy as I am now. But, you know, I just leaned on him, and he, and he couldn't flip me over. And then I'd say, okay, my turn. And I'd flip him over. And then, and then he, I'd say, okay, your turn. And he'd try. You know, so we just kept doing this, you know, a few times. And, and this, one, this one drill instructor, a drill sergeant, I mean, he got really mad. I mean, this guy had legs like trunks. And, you know, he had these thick glasses in his Smokey the Bear hat, and he's cursing the name of God, and he's coming at me. And he's like, you know, you don't do it that way. And he pushed this guy out of the way, and I'm like, oh, God, this guy's he's going to kill me. So he grabs me, he gets, he gets in front of me, and he's getting ready to flip me over, and all of a sudden he drops to the ground. And he's grabbing his leg, and he's just crying out, Oh, oh, and I, and you know, I was scared. I was only 17 years old. And I jumped back and I said, I didn't do anything. I, cause the other drill sergeants were there. They, you know, I didn't want them to pounce on me. But I didn't see that drill sergeant again until graduation. Uh, he was out there with his crutches and the cast from his hip down. You know, I guess he had dislocated his hip or something. Reminded me of, uh, Jacob there. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I was fear. I had fear, and I, you know, and I just cried out to the Lord, "Oh God, this guy is going to kill me." <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's a few instances that that uh, you know, you think about even like Abraham and Moses when they when they did wrong, God still protected them, and you know, sometimes He'll do the same with us. Even though I feel now now I feel bad about that that uh, poor drill sergeant. But anyway. God is good. Uh, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 9. We read there, I will bring the one-third through the fire. will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. I missed something, didn't I? <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, verse 9. It's my people. 
and each one will say, the Lord is my God. Okay, sorry. I was just, I was thinking about where he says there, um, and I will test them as gold. I remember when we lived in South Central, and uh, some of the guys would come around trying to sell you these uh, fake gold chains and stuff, and you would test them. You know, and they say, yeah, you have any battery acid? You know, you can get in there and, and you'll see that it's real. But I know that battery acid didn't uh, do anything with, with even fake gold or, or uh, gold-plated stuff. Uh, the thing that worked was chlorine. <laughs> so I, I'd say, yeah, I've got something to test it. And so I'd, I'd, get a, I'd bring my cup out, the little jar that I had, and I'd stick it in there. And all of a sudden it turned black. Uh, for being gold plated and I'm like and then the guy would get all up you know get upset look what you did to my chain you know you've ruined it I said but you try to jip me off <laughs> you know so we're even you know give it to him <laughs> but that's what God does there and refines us verse 16 but to the wicked, God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth? Turn with me over to uh, Romans chapter 2. And I will read 17 through 27. And we read there. Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. You therefore who teach another to do, uh, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written, for circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge who judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law?
Here many are warned that God is well aware of their actions and desires. They come under the cloak of hypocrisy, deceiving themselves and others, teaching one thing all the while, all the while bathing in sin. Verse 17, seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you. This reminds me of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, how their eyes would not open to the words of Jesus. His miracles, each time he showed them their error in the, in the understanding of Scripture, they focused on washing of hands, on fasting, on the Sabbath, rather than the Creator. Verse 18, 19, and 20, we read, When you saw a thief, you consented with him, and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil, and your tongue frames deceit. Verse 20, You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. This we find very prevalent in religion. We want nothing to do with God's instruction or with his words. Not having the Holy Spirit in them, they are being deceived to believe they are okay with God by the works they do. And yet God tells them here, you run with thieves, you commit adultery, your mouth speaks evil, even of your own brother. Verse 21, these things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. So here again, God shows us he is long-suffering, waiting for repentance while it is still possible in each of our lives. Yet many will claim God is okay with them and they are and that they are a good person. But God says He will set their sins in order before them. Verse twenty two Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. So, so ponder very well what awaits you while you are able. Repent, turn away from your sin, and turn to God, and turn to the God of mercy, or your, or face the wrath of God. Once you are in the presence of God, none can save you. Verse 23, whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Now, Warren Wiersbe says this, the true worshiper has a proper fear of the Lord and seeks only to honor him in his worship. He obeys God's will orders his way aright and is able to experience to see the salvation of the Lord when you combine these characteristics with verses 14 and 15 
gratitude to God, obedience, prayer, and a desire to glorify God, you have a description of worshipers who bring joy to the heart of God. Amen. I'm afraid that's it for me. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing us another day, Lord, and uh, as we uh, share your word, Father, instill it in our hearts, Father. uh, Continue to give us wisdom, discernment, discretion, Father. Uh, Help us, Father, to uh, discern from the truth and the lies, Father, as the enemy comes against us, Father. Continue to fan that flame in your people's heart, Father. Give them a hunger for your word, a love for your word. Uh, Don't allow them to find pleasure, Father, in anything that is not of you, Father, but to find the true joy in you, Lord. And we ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.